You're listening to Infinite Banking Radio with your host, Patrick Donahoe. You know, there's solutions out there to every one of the financial problems that Americans are facing today, and those solutions are right underneath their nose. The Infinite Banking concept has helped hundreds of thousands of individuals manage their hard-earned money effectively using time-tested financial principles that cannot fail. The intent of this podcast is to awaken these time-tested principles and reinstate certainty into the financial makeup of Americans. Our society is saturated in debt. Our portfolios are made up of the same speculative investments and theories that have failed us time and time again. The banking and securities industries have ruled financial planning for decades, and the only true benefactors are them. The infinite banking concept has proven to be the ideal solution. Hello, everybody. This is, uh, this is Patrick Donahoe. Thank you for joining us today. This is Infinite Banking Radio. Uh, I have a special guest in my office, but before I introduce this special man, I'm going to give you the spiel. Listen to the past podcast. We have some awesome, awesome, awesome information on there. Uh, it, it dates back about three years, and uh, for those of you who are listening for the, for the first time and like what you hear, uh, I definitely think you're going to get a lot out of those. Uh, also, we have a website that has a lot of information on there. The website is www.paradigmelife.net. Now, recently, we actually wrote a, an article for, uh, for professionals, mainly in the, uh, the dental and uh, medical industry. And so for those of you who are in that industry and want to check out that article, please visit our website, which is bankingfordoctors.com. Com. All right, so uh, so today we have, uh, like I said, a special guest. His name is Kevin Clayson, and Kevin's a, a cool dude, which you'll you'll see in just a second. But uh, Kevin works for a company called REIC, who has done some incredible things over the last couple of years. I've had the the fortunate opportunity to work with them for for a little bit, and uh, and I think you guys are gonna have a big treat today in listening to Kevin. So Kevin, without further ado, why don't you uh, give us an idea of who you are, what you represent, who you work for? Take yeah, it away. absolutely. Patrick, I'm so excited to be here with you. You know, you're, you're somebody who's been an example in my life and I've learned much, much, much from you. And I'm thankful that I get to be here with you today. It's going to be a fun topic today. I'm excited for it. Uh, just to kind of let everybody out there know a little of who I am and what my company is about. Uh, a couple friends of mine and I, we started a company about three and a half years ago with the express intent of changing people's lives. You know, a lot of people think you get into business for dollars. Well, I'm not going to say that's a lie because you do, <laughs> but at the same time, it's important that uh, that you're out there trying to impact lives, and that's what we do. But we do it with a real estate system that we think is is literally unmatched anywhere in the industry, and, and we do some pretty incredible things. So I actually, we, I actually will second that too. Yeah, I appreciate that. We've been at that for about three and a half years, and we are growing like wildfire. You know, We've gone from the three of us founders to about 60 full-time employees in about that three and a half years. We're blessing lives left and right, and it's been a lot of fun, and we're just creating a whole bunch of bucks for a lot of people, so it's good. And it's, in, it's interesting that you know in, in this type of lull of an economy, there's a lot of things that are in question, including real estate, because obviously we've seen what real estate has done and how it's corrected, you know, in, in quotations over the last couple couple of years. But seeing what you guys have done, the unique strategy that you have, it's it's been awesome to see certain clients that I've had the the ability to work with and seeing them go and actually start to transact. It's it's pretty exciting. So you guys definitely are, you know, benefiting a lot of people's lives. Can I give you the two keys to why that works? Sure. Number one is, you know, here's the deal: when people try to go do real estate just in general, uh, they don't they don't have any kind of a system. Mm-hmm. You want to know what I love about a system? Systems increase predictability. 
predictability. Mm -hmm. They increase it. Mm -hmm. They don't guarantee it, yeah. but they increase predictability. Yep. If you can increase predictability, you can increase your chance for return. Yep. You're limiting risk. You're minimizing all of these things. Yeah. And, and, and you get to go do real estate. The yeah. second key is here's the other mistake people make. Even if they receive an education and they read a book or they hear something, what do they always tell you? They tell you that you need a team. Mm -hmm. You gotta go find a team. So now you've gotta go find your mortgage guy yep. and you're really, and you and I know how, how yeah, corrupt yeah. some mortgage officers can be and they yep. don't, half the time they don't even understand their own industry. Yep. So you've gotta go find a good mortgage guy, a good real estate agent, a good insurance agent, all of these things. We just deliver that to you in the full package and we actually get in there and do it with you. So you've got the system, you've got the team and we just do it together, it's been awesome. Well I think, I think the idea of a system is, is definitely underrated right reason being is because our whole lives are systems right and systems typically are formed or created they, you don't just are you're not just born into a system well you kind of are but yet you develop your own system absolutely and obviously there's good habits and there's there's bad habits but obviously with the banking concept that we teach it's a system as well it's it's a process and there are certain precepts or principles to a system or a process and basically with what you guys are doing in real estate is you've taken a proven system that has been used and you're teaching those principles and concepts to your clients, right? And, it, and it's hard for them to, de well, they can deviate, yeah. right? But it's really hard because the system, if it has true principles and is based on certain economic principles, it's gonna be successful in the end. Yeah, can I plug our book, do you mind? Dude, you, of course <laughs> It's funny because you said deviate and our system, uh, you know we call it the straight path system. Yep. And uh, we have a book that just came out called The Straight Path to Real Estate Wealth. You can go to www.straightpath.com straightpathrealestate.com mm -hmm. or you can go to www.reicglobal.com and uh, you can request a free copy of the book actually we're we're happy to give it to you in a free ebook if you want a hard copy we just ask you to pay shipping and you can get it but phenomenal book it should be on the shelf right up there next to Nelson Nash and Robert Kiyosaki <laughs> that's how I feel about it so well, yeah it's uh it, it's an awesome it's an awesome read Right, but I think that going through that is, is definitely helped a lot of people, and obviously it's the insight that Chris has received over the last couple of years. Yeah, who's you know one of the founders. Along and and his his name's on the book, and he's uh, he's my buddy. We we this is virtually his system mm -hmm. that we've adapted and created uh, so that literally anybody in the United States of America could apply it and apply it powerfully. Chris Cronin is the man. He is an inspiration to many many people. Well, we'll put we'll put those you know those links on the on the post which the podcast comes out. Oh, great. So. So you guys can uh, refer to that as well. So today, um, next, you know, probably 10, 15 minutes before we conclude, uh, we want to talk about something that's uh, that's important. So I, I sent off to, to Kevin a, a, a piece of an audiobook by Murray Rothbard. And those of you who do not know about Murray Rothbard, uh, he definitely had some incredible intellectual insights into just how, uh, how, how our economy works, how people work, and what our role as people is uh, in the economy. Uh, Ron Paul. Uh, loves him. He obviously did a lot for the Austrian School of Economics, and I've I've plugged them, you know, for the last uh, last couple of years as I've gotten into that. But today we're going to talk about one of the things that are, that's in his uh, his book Ethics of Liberty, which is uh, real property and, and what real property is. And from a libertarian perspective, it's it's much different than how other people view property. Every, obviously today we have uh, a lot of controversy when it comes to eminent domain, right? Which is basically the government perceiving a, a piece of property and thinking that it would be more beneficial doing this than what it's currently being used for. And, and we can go and argue that, but what I wanted to do is talk about how real estate is really an offshoot of the individual, okay? There's really no value to any property without the individual. There is no value to your house whatsoever. There's no value to your neighbor's house, 
right? Things really don't have value. It's how they're used which which basically creates its its value. And obviously things are used in different ways, right? The internet is used for good and the internet is used for not so good things, right? Same thing with everything else, yeah. right? And so it's the exact same thing with real estate. If you look at the failure of real estate in the past, right? Real estate hasn't failed, okay? The system that utilized the real estate failed, right? So Kevin, as you were kind of going through, I know Murray Rothbard, I mean, he's like the deep guy and you know, probably it only really makes sense to him when he's writing. And obviously we try to glean as much as we can off of it, but what are, what are maybe some of your thoughts in regards to real property and individuals? You know, here's, here's what I loved because, and, and what I think is so cool is that we're using the word property. Here's one of the main things that stood out for me from that audio clip is that we're talking about property and usually when you hear property you will almost always think of something tangible typically we think it's our house it's our parcel of land or whatever it is one of the things that i really loved is that he talked about uh money being property as well and that and then and a monetary exchange mm-hmm. is also an exchange of property sure i really liked that yeah. a lot and the reason why i like that is because it even helped me gain a further understanding one that i feel like i already have a pretty good understanding of but even a further one that ultimately whatever this is that we're calling property mm-hmm. that really it's what kind of a value are we assigning to something what kind of a definition mm-hmm. are we giving it I'll, you know i'll give you this example i i own four lots in kansas okay this is just part of many many homes that i own or many pieces of land that i own i own four lots in kansas they are on a lake beautiful lake right this is a great area that it's been stubbed for utilities i mean this is fantastic these four lots that i have and they're each you know somewhere between a quarter of an acre to a half acre they exist to almost no one except me because I paid money for them. Yep. And here's why I paid money for them. Right now, they just sit there. For me, it's real estate candy. It's just something that was good to consume. But but really, I'm not going to digest the results of that real estate for many years because I'm going to have to wait for things to happen. Eventually, somebody else is going to assign value to that property mm-hmm. and they're going to want to purchase it from me and I will make a pretty significant profit and then I'll get this money or this other type of property in exchange for the property that somebody wants to buy from me, which would be this lot. Yep. But what's interesting is, see, you don't know that those lots exist, right? You have, no you've idea. never seen them. You don't know where they are. You don't no. even know if Lake Perry is real, yeah. right? No Unless idea. you've been there. Never. So I assign a certain value to them and I can tell you right now, you know what? They are worth, according to the county, they're worth 25 grand each and I paid 3,500 each. Now that sounds pretty good, but here's the reality. Who in their right mind is going to go and buy one of those from me for 25 grand? Do you want one? I'll sell you one. Uh, I'll pass on that yeah, Exactly. <laughs> so what kind of value is there really in this property? And does the property even exist? It's kind of a high-level concept, but it only really exists to me yep. right now. And, you know, that's something that when I think about all my real estate and I think about other people's real estate, there's this concept of perceived value mm-hmm. versus actual value. Yep. And, and people love to go, oh, I've got all this equity in my home. You know what? You don't have jack squat. Let me tell you something about equity, right? And you know this. Yeah. There, there is, there's no real equity in a property. Equity is just the difference between what you felt the property was worth and what you paid for it yep. and what somebody else may assign a value of to that property. Yep. And if somebody assigns that value and is willing to pay you for it, all of a sudden that value becomes real. But if you're not actually in the middle of some sort of an exchange 
there's no real value in the property. Yeah, there's, there's contingencies, especially in the equity equity conversation, there's contingencies upon that value because you're not the one that determines the value, it's somebody else, right? It's the individual that's willing to lend against it or it's the individual that's willing to buy it, right? And that, that brings up a really good point, which I think is really important, is the whole idea of money, which is this medium of exchange in which we exchange different values for one another, right? And so obviously $25,000 in the future, hopefully you can, I mean, you want to sell it for that in the future, but at that point, the individual is going to buy it because they value the property more than they do the $25,000. Right. Okay. And you're obviously valuing the $25,000 more than you do the more property. The property yeah. right? That's why there's an equal equal exchange. Okay. So when it comes to real property, I think real property is an offshoot of all human beings. And we can identify property with everything. A property is my my computer. The property is my phone. Property is my my, my other computers, yeah. right? The software that we use to, to record this. Obviously, I exchanged money for that. Okay, because I valued this stuff more than I do the money that I spent on it. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so the money is, is very important because what is what is money? Money just doesn't appear out of thin air. Well, I guess Federal Reserve, you know, yeah. printing. So, <laughs> That's right. It. I guess it doesn't banking, yeah. <laughs> but I guess, yeah. So the whole the whole idea of money it represents us. It represents our value, right? Because we had to do something to to earn that money. Now, what was that thing? It could have been construction. It could have been a business owner. It could have been owning a dry cleaners. It could have been, you know, working in, you know, whatever, right? A software company. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but you put forth effort. Other people value that effort. They paid you the money. Now the money's yours, right? Now what control did you have over earning that money? You had all the control in the world. Now increasing the amount of money that people are willing to pay you, now that's a different question, right? Because that's all control. That's all based on you. Now you can go get different degrees, right? You can go get different trainings. You can learn how to speak better. You can learn how to do this. You can learn how to do And that's going to increase your value as perceived by other individuals, right? So I think all that we're really talking about here is the concept of control, right? What type of control do you have over increasing your ability to produce value for other individuals? You have absolute control, Complete. right? Same thing with real estate, right? Is real estate static or can it be used for multiple things? It can be used for multiple things. You give a lot Okay, so here's another thing. No, no offense to this, Kevin, but let's say we took Donald Trump, right? And Donald Trump went out and he says, hey, Kevin, I'll buy them for four grand. And he turns around and sells them for $50,000 a lot. Do you think he might be able to do that? Absolutely, because yeah. his name is attached and he's created more value to be traded. What control did he have over becoming Donald Trump as a six-year-old peeing his pants infant to <laughs> Donald yeah. Trump today? He had complete control. That yeah. was his. That was a series of decisions he made to create that value around his name. Exactly. So as far as the real estate is concerned, what's what's so amazing about your guys' system is that is, is there flaws? Yeah. I mean, you don't know what a tenant's going to do. You don't Not know well. what's going to break. You don't know about any of the things that are going to happen to the property, but you have control over what you can do to react to those, right? And if you use certain guidelines, which you guys use, I don't want to divulge the, you know, the whole whole system here, but you use, you know, certain things where it's very difficult for it not to have the perceived value. Okay. But at the same time, a water main can break, a toilet can explode, uh, vandalism. I mean, whatever you have control over correcting whatever went wrong, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So today, how are people in their finances, and again, this is preaching to the choir a lot with people that are listening, but what are people doing today with their finances? When they make this money, they go to work, they earn the money, what are they doing with their money, okay, to help prepare for retirement or help prepare for long-term savings for the future? Who are they giving that money to? Yeah, the problem is who they're usually giving it to is 
well, they're either putting it, let's say, into a 401k or an IRA, maybe a Roth IRA. Very few people, except for maybe this audience, realize, see, when we earn that money, we assign some sort of a value to it. One of the mistakes that I think we make, if we're going to consider money property and we understand that we assign a certain value to property, and when we really elect what that value is going to be, we can communicate that value to others. And then when others perceive that value that we've projected, that's when our value becomes tangible, right? So, So what's interesting is we assign a certain value to these dollars that come into our life. But typically the value that we assign is so short-sighted because we say something like this, well, you know what, I'm going to put it in a 401k or a Roth IRA because I only think that my dollars are worth enough to buy X amount of dollars of stock or X amount of dollars. Now, we may have a hope Mm -hmm. that those dollars can become something more, Mm -hmm. but I want to talk about what about those people that don't have a hope that those dollars are going to become something yep. more, but that have already assigned a greater value to those dollars, mm-hmm. which when you apply those dollars somewhere where that value can be realized, uh-huh. now that assignment of value can actually has a better chance to become tangible. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things that for me, I absolutely love about the banking concept. Every single month, ever whenever I put a dollar into one of my banking policies, of which I have many, Whenever I do that, what I'm saying is I'm placing it here because I understand that the dollar that I'm putting into this, and by the way, I use my banking policies in conjunction with my real estate Mm -hmm. and it creates powerful, powerful results. I velocitize my dollars because Mm -hmm. see, when I receive, this is one of the things that I teach my clients, you know, for velocity of money, if I have one single dollar bill, this piece of paper with a serial number on it, Mm -hmm. and I go buy a Big Mac for it, I, like you said earlier, I'm valuing that Big Mac more than I am the dollar. But the owner of the McDonald's is valuing the dollar more than that Big Mac. Now, the owner of that McDonald's can take that same dollar and go pick up his shirt at the dry cleaners. Now, all of a sudden, his dry clean shirt takes on more value than that dollar. But notice that the same dollar that I had that was used to buy the Big Mac is now being used for the dry cleaner. And then he could go, the owner of the dry cleaner could go use it somewhere. See, when I look at my dollars, when I look at my property, I understand that that dollar with that serial number is not going to buy 100 pennies worth of goods. If I apply it the right way through my real estate and through my banking, that one dollar with that serial number can buy four, five, six, a hundred times as many goods. Because see, when I when I look at a check that I receive, I assign way more value to those dollars than the short-sighted value that most would to go buy a TV and go get a nicer car. That's all short-sighted yeah. bull crap, if you ask me. Yeah. What I'm looking at is I know that those dollars are worth way more yeah. than the pennies that they represent. And as a result, because I assign that value to them, I go put them somewhere where that value can be realized yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's not like those things are inherently bad. No, not it's at all. It's just the way in which they're purchased yes. is not the most efficient. But at the same time, when a person buys those things, which I have those things. Yeah, me right? too. But when, you, but when you buy those things, it's how you buy it. Because if your dollar is going there, right, and your dollar came from a savings account, now you have a cost, which is the money it could have earned in the savings account. Right. If you use credit, now you know it's questionable whether you're living within your means. But if you use credit, you're not only paying the dollar for that TV, you're also paying 30 cents on top of that to whoever's giving you the credit. Right? And so obviously with the banking system, you're able to have your money at the same time grow while it also buys the TV. So you're earning the interest plus you're avoiding the interest you had to pay to the creditor. So that's, a, you know, that, that's obviously a, a very important principle. One of the things you said that really hit me is this concept of hope. 
right? And you said people, when they put it into these vehicles, hope for something. Now, when you put that word, it creates a whole set of other words for me, right? Which is basically the consensus of everybody else because that's what their retirement is based on is hopefully the market will come back. Hopefully I'll have a good rate of return. Hopefully I'll be in a lower tax bracket that I'm in right now, which I'm deferring the money I'm putting into the plan. Hopefully this, hopefully that, hopefully this, hopefully that, right? Absolutely none of the outcomes have to do with the control of the individual that put the money in there in the first place, right? And that is what is destructive in our economy and with our population in the United States as a whole, right? Because we were born on the principle of entrepreneurship. We were born on the principle that, hey, I'm coming over to this country, I'm gonna make a name for myself, I'm gonna farm, I'm gonna make money, I'm gonna create my life, right? Today, it's basically people do the nine to five and they grunt and growl and do whatever about their job. I mean, on Facebook, dude, I mean, it's like, I, I'll, everybody's like, oh man, I'm at work, I got one more hour, and oh <laughs> yeah. crap, it's Monday. And uh -huh. I mean, it's like nobody likes what they're doing, no. right? But yet, at the same time, they've chosen to do it, and that's what the value of their time is, is to be spent there, okay? They earn their money because they've created value for somebody else. And because they don't value their job, they don't value what they bring to their job, and I'm not saying that, that all jobs are bad. I think most jobs can be turned into an amazing experience if you people bet. had a different perspective. Of course. But because of the attitude they have going into the job, they're going to earn their money, and they're going to put it into something which they don't really value at all. It's just what everybody else is doing. And then that whole principle seeks in or, or creeps in or whatever. <laughs> and you know, th then there it starts to become kind of poison to the brain because think how much fear right now exists among the people that are five years out from retirement and just lost 30 to 40 to 50% of their portfolio. Yeah. You know, you know, what's interesting is, you know, I, I try to be really, really um, uh, perceptive to the energy that words carry with them. Mm -hmm. Now, hope when it's used in a certain context vibrates yep. really, really high. Yep. But in the context we're using it here right now, it shows the limits of language. I hope that my 401k will perform. I hope that my house will increase in value. I hope, hope, hope. Notice that when we use hope in this context, mm -hmm. we're eliminating control and agency of our ability to mm -hmm. create our own results. Mm -hmm. Right now, the reason why that's so detrimental is as soon as we turn it over to hope and we lose control, we don't we know we've literally given up our ability to impact results. Now, another thing you said that, that I was thinking about, you know, when we're talking about assigning value to things and, and we assign maybe more value to a piece of real estate or more value to dollars and then we can realize that value, you talked about the foundations of this country and you talked about when people, now here's what's interesting, you notice how Americans were all about property, right? You remember doing the thing when you're a kid and one of the kids from the neighborhood who you don't like very much like sticks his toe on yeah. your grass, even though you don't own the home, you go, yeah. get off, it's my property. Property, right? Yeah, yeah it's totally so true. We, we totally get this, and, and you know, it's the reason why uh, you can open a book and, and somebody was smart enough to put a line in there that says property of, and yeah. then you're supposed to like write your name. Like, we have this thing that we attach to property. We feel like we deserve it, we feel like it's owed to mm -hmm. us. And in many ways, you could argue mm -hmm. that it is, but here's here's what to me is really, really interesting about the founders and about if we think about where that came from, our desire to own property and why we're allowed to and why we feel like it's a right that's been given to us, mm -hmm. it's literally been embedded in our DNA that it's okay to be a property owner mm -hmm. and we deserve to own property. Mm -hmm. But when we own property, when we go buy the dream house that we can't afford, mm -hmm. we do it and we justify saying, you know what, it's okay because I deserve to be a property owner. Yeah. 
But what value are we really assigning to that? Are we assigning the value that we feel others will perceive to our home? Or Mm -hmm. what we really, look at what the founders, look at what the founders did. When they bought a parcel of land and they had a right to property, they didn't have a right to property. They had a right to production. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Because they got a piece of property that they were going to farm, that they were going to work, that they were going to use, that was going to produce more than the the dollars that they would have paid or exchanged for that property. Mm -hmm. They bought property for the purpose of production, production. Yep. not the purpose of ownership. Yep. Or, and, or perceived value by other individuals. Aesthetic exactly. Value. Yep. And now we buy property per, for perceived Multiple value. Reasons. And it's the reason why when property values go up, 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 and yep. then all of a sudden they collapse and we go, oh my gosh, what's happened? I'll tell you what's happened. People who aren't making as much money are no longer perceiving the value of the property to be as much as it used to be. And so as a result, your property value goes down. Your property value didn't go down. The perception of its value by other Americans went down. And it's probably your fault because when you bought that property to begin with, Mm -hmm. were you viewing it? Through the perception of yourself or someone else, mm-hmm. or were you viewing it as a means for production? Yep. If we want to be like the founders, we don't hope for results. We don't hope that our dollars will do certain things. We put them somewhere where we know they can produce mm-hmm. and will produce soundly and with time-tested principles yeah. and almost unflinchingly, and then we are assigning such a value to those dollars and such a value to that that we've earned mm-hmm. that we literally get to realize that. Again, this is why I love the concept of banking because mm-hmm. every dollar I shovel through or into uh, this concept of banking, mm-hmm. I'm assigning more of a value to yeah. it, and guess what happens? I realize that value because I'm now taking my dollars and not making them just a, an act of consumption, yeah. I'm allowing them to produce. And following our system correctly, when you do use those dollars, there's a set of economic principles that you follow and you have com- complete control over following them. And because they're economic principles and cannot fail, okay, you're gonna have a certain outcome for how you use the system and you have complete control over that. Yeah. One of the things that kind of hit me as you were talking about about the founders, I think it's it's the concept of, you know, you don't, ah, it's kind of cliche, but uh, you know, you don't know what you've got until it's gone, mm-hmm. right? And the founders understood what it was like not being able, uh, be able to own property. It's Montesquieu's view of that. And he understood that. That's why, you know, that it was it was not life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It was originally life, liberty, and the pursuit of property. That was the original phrase, right? And it's basically because they didn't have it, but they understood that the expression of who they were, the expression of the human spirit is in property, whether it was real estate or some other property. Right. And until they had the freedom to do that, okay, would they not be able to express fully who they were? Yeah. Now today, we're all born into it. Yeah. I mean, this is our life. Mm-hmm. We, we experience the exact same thing day in and day out. That's how we've been born, right? And typically, it's not until someone goes to you know a third world country and sees how different life can be, do they start to respect and understand what they really have. So here in the United States, the amazing opportunities that we have to express our human spirit through property, through business ownership, through being able to read whatever we want to read. Yeah. It's, it's, it, there's a variety of things right, that we can do as Americans that a lot of other cultures cannot do. And people are just not taking advantage of it. Right? It's amazing how people are, are milking off of social programs or milking off of this or milking off of their brothers. And they, they have the capacity to have an amazing life. And a lot of it always translates into property. Okay, But it originates with us, with the individual. And that's what's really powerful. And that's why I've always loved 
real estate. That's why the banking system and real estate go hand in hand. That's why the banking system and, and businesses go hand in hand is because of both concepts and both systems, you have complete control. Okay, and today, far too many people are buying into tradition. And I've got Kim Butler, who's been on the radio show, she says it's not tradition, it's typical, right? And I believe, I believe that because traditional retirement or tra- uh, traditional planning is not what the planning is today, right? And so it's a, it's a very profound, a very profound concept. Another book that came to my mind for those of you who kind of want some more information about this is uh, Ayn Rand wrote a kind of a. a a book called Capitalism, The Unknown Ideal, and it takes a lot of different excerpts from her different books, and it talks about this concept. It talks about you know capitalism being basically our freedom to be able to translate our value into property, or be able to you know use it with property. So, and I think you know a big takeaway that that I got both from the chapter and then even just hearing your inspiring words and and even in just discussing the topic is that for me it's becoming more and more evident and more and more clear that property, we get to redefine what property means. Mm -hmm. Everybody listening, you and I get to all of a sudden decide that property doesn't just have to be a parcel of land or my lots in Kansas, and it doesn't have to be the home that I live in. It literally gets to become those things that I assign value to and that I'm able to have some form of ownership of and that I get to utilize in a way that can increase production and move things forward. Mm -hmm. And, And you know, if we can start, the words have so much power and such an impact on our lives. If we can start to to reshape our paradigms and if we can start to redefine certain words, what we think they mean, and if we're willing to have a pattern interrupt and we're willing to look at something slightly differently, the, t- the way that we can produce and the things that can come from that are powerful and it will be bounteous. I mean, I don't even know if bounteous is a word, but I used it. Yeah. We could say bountiful, right? <laughs> Bounty. Um, but I mean, because the, the reality here is- Bountalicious. Bountal, oh, I like it. <laughs> Bountalicious. Um, the, the reality is if we can walk away today, you and I, everybody, listening, anybody who will listen to this in the future, if we can walk away just viewing property a little bit different than we did coming in, mm-hmm. and we just have that principle of, of slight edge or advantage over this topic, mm-hmm. how do we begin to view our homes, yeah. our money, our equity, our relationships? Our relationships? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, things take a profound shift, yeah. and one that, in my opinion, ultimately will increase our personal production in whatever facet of life we want to increase production in. And again, you're completely right, Patrick. This all boils down to the value that we assign to something, and that's how it becomes that property. Mm-hmm. Really, property is just a word. Yeah. And and in many ways, property becomes an ideal. Mm-hmm. You talked about capitalism, the unknown ideal. What mm-hmm. about property, yep. the unknown ideal? What if property is an ideal, not a thing? Yep. When you start to, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, because yeah. when you start to view it that way, everything takes on different meaning. And I believe it also, um, when property gets to become a little uh, less in the just the physical world and mm-hmm. the physical realm, mm-hmm. a little bit out of the tangible, mm-hmm. how much easier is it for us to create additional value and additional property when it isn't ha- when it doesn't have to be oh, yeah. this desk or oh, yeah. this microphone yeah. right and i know that that may seem a little spacey woo woo but you know yeah. that to me yeah. that's my takeaway well the thing is it's like you know if you if you start to respect one piece of property it's going to carry on to others and it's just going to evolve over to over time 
And obviously, you know, progress being a principle of, of life, if you start to implement principles and you recognize that, hey, I have some certain results here, obviously you're going to start to use it on other facets, like you said, other facets of life. So, well, we're at, we're at 30 minutes. Right? That was a quick 30 minutes. That was fun. But, uh, dude, that was awesome. Thank you for your time today. Hey, it was awesome, thank, awesome thank having you, you in Thank here. you so much for letting me come in and be a part of this. I, I gained a lot from just discussing this with you, and I'm so excited for the changes that everybody listening will get to adopt in their life because of this discussion. It's powerful. Cool. Well, if you guys uh, want to learn more about REIC, uh, their, their website is reicglobal.com. And uh, also their their book website is straightpathrealestate.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, awesome. You can request a free book on there and pay shipping. So, and it's a really good book too. Very, very good read and it outlines kind of what their what their deal is. And so it's it's pretty exciting. So, all right, that uh, that should conclude it. And let, let me add this too for anybody that's listening to this show. Uh, when when you re, when you request a book, if uh, if you want to make a note, I believe there's a way you can make a note on there that you heard about it on this show. I'll make sure that uh, I, I get Chris Crone to autograph it okay. and on, and I'll sign it too, and then we'll we'll get it sent out. So. Sweet dude, that'd be awesome. I appreciate that. Cool. Well, uh, so that's it for today. Uh, for those of you who want more information about the banking concept, please visit our website at www.paradigmlife.net, or you can email us at info at paradigmlife.net. Okay, that's all for this week. We'll see you next week.